Welcome to Tales of Moxie. I'm Desiree. And I'm Jenna Lee, and we're your hosts each week. Each week, we interview women to hear their stories, and we address topics that don't usually get talked about so openly. Be ready for honest and raw conversations about all the things we're struggling with as real women. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to announce our guest for this week, Courtney Dunker. She's an online fitness coach and mentor, a wife, and an all-around beautiful soul. We got the opportunity to get to know her and hear some of her story. She talks about living life through faith and how she's still walking in faith with her husband, Josh. You can find more about her and her journey on Instagram with the handle at Sewn with Strength. All right. Well, Courtney, we are so excited to have you on the podcast. I have heard so much about you from different people, which is kind of crazy because you're all the way across the world from us. <laughs> um, <laughs> But your name keeps coming up and I'm really excited to hear your story. And once I started kind of following you on social media and hearing a little bit about what you've been through, I, I was really excited to have you on the podcast. So we're really stoked to get to hear your story and to have other women get to hear it too. Thank so you. Whatever, whatever you want to start with and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Um, I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun for me. So thank you for having me. Uh, but a little bit about my story. So I have been a wife now for three years. Um, we got married pretty quickly after we met. Um, I feel like our whole story was such a God thing. Um, I had been praying for a very long time, pretty much 25 years. Well, okay, I wasn't praying when I was an infant, but you get it. <laughs> I was praying for a long time. I was always intentional that I really wanted to date to marry. So I was very serious about who I kind of I guess, let into my life in that regard. Um, and the Lord totally answered my prayers. I had many moments where I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. This is a huge desire in my heart. Um, and I've noticed that a huge theme in my life has just been like waiting and patience and growing through the process of um, the fulfillment of my heart's desires and understanding where that comes from. Um, and my husband was kind of the beginning of that. So waiting on that and praying through it. And, you know, I had conversations with my dad and my mom. I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. Like, I just don't know if there's a guy that exists that's, that is a godly man. And um, then in February, a uh, couple years ago, I got a follow request on Instagram and my husband, it was my husband, <laughs> lo and behold. <laughs> um, and I had a feeling ever since that kind of came through my screen, I just felt like God tugging on my heart. Like this is, this is who I have for you. And, um, it was crazy. It was like, he had literally walked out of my prayers. Like I, I had prayed things like I would love to marry an athlete and he's a professional basketball player and things that, um, you know, all the ways that I wish I was more like Christ, I think he represents in, in human forms. So it's really nice to have someone that um, is my, I guess, iron sharpening iron, if you will. And so anyway, so we met um, through Instagram and then I flew out there after like three months of talking, I flew out to Holland where he was playing basketball to meet for the first time. And that was a huge part of our story, just walking in faith with that and trusting God um, that it was his spirit leading me in that regard. And, um, so from a year of meeting, we got married a year later and, um, it's been a journey ever since we've been married for three years. We've moved around the world for basketball. Uh, every year has been a different country except for this year. This is the first year we've gone 
back to the same team. Um, and so it's kind of refreshing to be able to have my bearings already for a new season. I know where the grocery store is and I know what kind of healthy foods I should get at the store. Uh, and so because of our lifestyle being so nomadic, if you will, um, I was introduced to an opportunity to become a virtual fitness coach. And it was a huge leap of faith for me because I think there were so many areas where I felt like I was weak in that in that area, but God was still calling me to it. So I felt like it was an opportunity for him to not only change my life and my relationship with food and fitness, but then also to be able to be a light and share with other women to help them also do the same. So I'm a full-time fitness coach and we're waiting on our baby. That's our, our second part of the journey is waiting right now on um, the Lord to fulfill that desire in my heart to be a mom. Yeah. So I'm curious, listening to when you were saying waiting for your husband and now waiting for a baby, how do you feel like the Lord kind of prepared you in any way during that yeah. time of waiting? Because I know for me, I'm, I've always been a very impatient person. Yes, <laughs> me too. It was a big deal for me. And I've had times in my life where I'm like, God, I don't want to wait anymore. I know this is what you're trying to do and you're trying to mold yeah. me and shape me in this way, but I cannot stand waiting anymore. So do you feel yeah. like that time of your life kind of helped prepare you for this time? Yeah, totally. Um, I get a lot of girls, because I do share my kind of, romance story on social media, if you will, my, my journey to finding my husband um, on social media quite a bit. And so I do get a lot of women reaching out to me about waiting for their husbands. And one of the best things that I think I learned during that time is learning to wait well. Like there's a way that you can wait and have it be miserable. And there's a way that you can wait and have it be an enjoyable process. And so I tell them like, listen, you think that a husband might be fulfilling. Once you find that person, you'll be so happy and everything will be good. But then you'll enter into another waiting season. And that waiting season, those waiting seasons really never ends. There's always going to be something that we're looking forward to or something that we're waiting for, that next step. Um, and we convince ourselves that happiness will come when we get there. Um, but I guess what I learned with my husband and that I'm, trying to um, implement while I'm waiting for a baby is that the thing that satisfies my heart the most is not a baby, not a husband, but a God. And so for me, focusing on that and then learning to wait well and trust his timing, um, I think that was a huge lesson for me. So I guess in that time, I just filled my life with volunteer with the children's ministry. I was super involved with a lot of families that had kind of what I was looking for. I would babysit for them. I would spend time with them just to learn from them. Um, so I, I guess I kind of got involved in really productive things so that my waiting time was spent being productive and fulfilling instead of thinking, when I just get here, I'll feel so much better, you know, because we convince ourselves of that. And then we get there and it's like, well, okay, great. Now I'm waiting on something else. And this is not very much fun. Um, so I guess just learning to wait well and being okay with knowing that waiting will always be a part of our life. Um, and that's kind of where that perseverance and endurance um, and trust is built up. Yeah. Do you, now I have some single friends and I'm thinking, did you have a hard time telling yourself not to settle for what you knew you, not to settle for something that you knew wasn't right? Um, yeah because you're in that period. Cause there, I, I mean, there's are, there are a lot of women who think like, well, I can have fun in the meantime. 
Yeah. So did you find yourself struggling with that at all? Or how did you keep yourself so focused on, on being intent on what you wanted? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there were times where I was better at it than others. <laughs> like there were some times where I was like, whatever, I'll just go out with anyone who asks, you know, but, um, but then I would go on the first date and I'd be sorely disappointed. So um, I think, you know, for me, the only time that it was really difficult was when I was dating. I dated one other guy before my husband. Um, it was only three months long. So it wasn't free on a lot of important things. Um, for me. And I felt like I cannot look in my daughter's eyes one day and say, this is why I believe this. And this is why your dad believes this. So it was, it was kind of a parting of ways for us. And that was the most challenging part for me to, um, not settle and just be like, it's fine. It'll work itself out. It's okay for this to be such a big, you know, difference. We'll be able to move past this and, um, love can conquer all kind of a thing. But I guess just understanding that I wanted more. I wanted more for my future kids. I wanted more for my future family and reminding myself that if I was patient and if I believed that there was more out there, it was worth waiting for. So um, I guess I just was never satisfied, like in the, just like dating to date and have fun kind of a thing. Um, I never was really satisfied with first dates. So I just didn't think that was fun. I was like, First of all, you don't want to talk about anything deep. So we're just not going to move forward with that. Um, and I was never one to really like kiss around. So I guess that wasn't, I wasn't really tempted by that to just have fun in that regard. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest thing is knowing what you want. Um, it's like with anything, right? With business or relationships or um, whatever. If you have a strong vision of what you want, why, why spend your life settling for something less than that? Um, and I had a good representation of what marriage could be with my parents. So I wanted, I wanted that. I didn't want to, um, lower my standards. Yeah. So when, so when you guys got married then, did you guys start trying for a child soon or shortly after, or how did that? <laughs> That's a great question. It's so funny because my whole life I was like, you know, told don't have sex, you're gonna get pregnant. So then when I got married, and I was like, well, it should be that easy, right? You're just like doing it, and then you get pregnant. Um, so it was kind of difficult for me. When we first got married, we were moving around so much, I didn't really have access to consistent healthcare. Um, so I didn't have the ability to continue with my birth control um, past like the first two months of being married. So I kind of accidentally was like, we'll just see what happens. I don't need to take that, you know, thinking in the back of my mind, what everyone told me that I'll probably get pregnant, whatever. We're okay with that. We had had that discussion. Um, and then it didn't happen for like the first three months. And I was kind of shocked. Like, are we doing something wrong is, you know, what's going on here? Cause I thought it should be easy. Um, and so then we started realizing that actually we wanted to intentionally try for this because it, it wasn't happening. And, and we kind of noticed we had that desire instead of just like a, well, whatever happens, happens. It became more of like, well, why isn't this happening? We want it to happen. Um, so we kind of started trying intentionally, I guess. So with relatively within the first few months of being married. And, and when, so you guys, you started to actually try, were you guys like tracking ovulation at this point? Like how hard were you trying? 
Yeah. So I had a lot to learn in that area. I was like so naive when I got married. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. There's, I didn't really understand how it all worked. Um, thankfully I had some friends who had gotten, you know, had obviously worked for them. And so they kind of educated me on, okay, download this app. And then you want to try during these times and this is how it works. So I felt like I was getting educated in that area. Um, and was able to be more intentional with it. So I thought, okay, this is why, this is why it's not working. Clearly we are off track and we just need to be on track. <laughs> so, you know, we started doing that, but, um, after a couple months of that, nothing changed. So, um, I would go through phases, I guess, with the apps and things like that. Cause it was discouraging. Yeah. So you guys now, and I know this is from watching you on social media, you guys have been trying now for quite a while. Yeah. So basically three years. So we started unintentionally trying in June of 2015. So we just passed the three year mark. Um, and a lot of trying has happened in different ways in the past three years. So, um, it's been difficult for us and kind of drawn out because of our overseas lifestyle. We only have access to our healthcare and access to our fertility clinic when we're home in the summers. Um, so there have been some kind of challenging moments like in our marriage, just me not, me not being upset about our lifestyle, because obviously this is his job taking us everywhere and making sure that we are on the same page that I support him and I'm here um, to do this lifestyle and not be upset that I can't pursue this other area of life full time, I guess, if you will. Um, so we've had a lot of, a lot of different things. I've had surgeries. I've had, um, every kind of test you can imagine done different like drugs and that kind of thing. Um, and we're kind of in the unexplained category. There's no real reason for why we can't get pregnant. Um, other than I do believe it's God's timing, but that's always attention, right? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I'm sorry. Cause I know I can't imagine, um, we've tried before and I do have two children and this last time, has been difficult for me because I just yeah. lost my babies. But um, I can't imagine the, the desire in your heart to want that and to want that so strongly. And I, I fully believe that God designed us and created us with that yeah. desire to be nurturers and to and yeah. us represent that part of his heart. Right. Yeah. And I can't imagine not being able to see that come out. And also, like I said, having to now wait, because now it's a matter of, okay, I trust you. And for me, the last month, because this just happened in the last month for us, my my mantra has been like, Lord, I believe, but help me believe. Right. And where do you feel like, um, because I can only imagine somewhere in that journey, there's been times when you've been frustrated with God and his timing. And then other times where it's been like, okay, I trust you. I know we're on your path. Um, Where have you found the balance in that? It's been a, you know, it's probably been the hardest battle I've been through. And that's, I guess that's why I feel so passionate about sharing with women who are waiting for their husbands and that kind of thing, like not to be, not to let it consume them. Because if you are going to let a battle like waiting for marriage, um, sink you, I mean, it's going to be rough when you have bigger desires, like we're both, there's now another person involved in my heartache. It's not just me. It's me and my husband and keeping our marriage healthy and keeping it, you know, our sex life healthy and not allowing something like this to come between us, which the enemy could totally use um, against us. 
it's been a constant battle and it's probably been the hardest thing I've ever, I've ever been through. I'll try not to get emotional about it. Um, but I think, you know, for me, it's not that I, I don't mind waiting. Um, but I do get bothered by comparison and jealousy, um, and just bitterness of like, God, I've done everything right. Like I tick all the boxes. I stayed pure until I got married. Um, I have been super intentional about following you in every aspect of my life. Um, I never slept around. I never partied. At, you know, I kind of go through these like human checklists of things that I think I did right. So I think for me, just not because the Bible says that having kids is a blessing. And the Bible says that like, you know, kind of like blessed is the the, I think it's like the people or the woman or whatever, whose quiver is full. Right. And for me, I'm like, why are you withholding this blessing? Like you say, it's a good thing. You say it's God given. What did I do wrong to not get this? And why are there people who don't deserve it? And they are getting it. And that's been hard for me, you know, watching people be blessed over and over again when they don't follow the Lord. They're not, you know, I don't think, you know, anyways, but that's been the hardest part for me. Um, and not holding that against God and dealing with it in a healthy manner and actually working through the process of my feelings. That's great. Cause I, it's true. And I feel you in regards of, I've been having so many conversations with God of like, okay, one minute I will be, and I mean, this might just be me because I'm an emotional person, but one minute I'll be completely like, okay, I'm really happy and I'm on this road and I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. This happened, you yeah. know, it hurts and I'm, it's painful, but I'm, it, it'll be okay. You've got, I know right. you must have a plan or to be honest, I'll have other times when people will tell me God has a plan. This happened for a reason. And you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try to bite my tongue. Not that I don't believe that because I wholeheartedly do, yeah. but sometimes that's not the thing to say. And I'm okay yeah. myself with telling God, like, I know you have a plan, but I'm mad at it. Whatever it is right, right. now, I'm not right. happy about it. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I don't get it. And yeah. my heart is heavy and it hurts because I don't understand yeah. that. And I do the same, the same kind of thing of thinking like, okay, what, what, am, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Um, in so many regards. And I can't, I've had people ask me like, okay, well, you know, well, don't you believe? Yeah. I think in my <laughs> mind, it's okay for me to just have a disagreement or an argument with my father. Right. <laughs> and to, yeah. to be able to say like, and I had someone tell me, you can be mad at God because God can handle it. And I totally have been living by that for the past month of being like, okay, God, you're big enough to handle that if I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been hard though for me in my marriage. And I'm wondering how, how that's been for you. Have you guys yeah. had, had struggles where this consumes your heart and not his, or it consumes his and not yours for a while? How has that been? Working through our feelings I think we've had to do it in different ways, um, which is hard when you're a couple because you kind of want to be like, well, let's process this together in the same way. Uh, for me, I process really well through writing. And I think that's why I share my journey so vulnerably on social media because I've always processed through writing. Like I have a journal from back when I was in second grade and I'm like talking about my crushes. So it's just very therapeutic for me to write. However, when we were, there's been times where we've had to do, you know, kind of long distance where he's been over here for a couple weeks while I'm still getting treatments in the States. And um, when I write and share my journey, 
on social media when we're apart. I think that's more challenging for us because my I forget that my husband has feelings in it too. You know, I think, oh, well, this is happening to my body. So clearly he doesn't have any feelings. <laughs> like, I guess I'm just telling myself that like, this is my feelings are more important or I'm the only one feeling this because I'm the one actually going through the process and whatever physically. Um, and so it's been hard for him to see me hurt so much and to see me so vulnerable on social media and not be, be there or be able to change it. Um, and then when we are together, I think for him, it hasn't, no, I can't necessarily speak for him, but it doesn't seem to be as challenging because I think he naturally has such a gift of faith. Like he literally has the spiritual gift of faith. Like he, from day one of his journey, when God got a hold of his heart, like he has always just had such a blind faith that he just trusts God. He has such contentment in God's plan. Um, and I don't like, I'm more of an action person. So I'm like, what are we going to do? What's our plan? How are we going to overcome this? Let's come up with a solution. Yeah. So I think understanding each other from that regard and learning when we both need to take breaks, like um, not from each other, but from the process, because I don't, you know, eventually it becomes so monotonous and it becomes so science this and science that and everything feels more mechanical and being careful to not let it get to that, that point. Um, and I guess like for us both just being very honest with where we're at, you know, the other day we had a conversation like, we're in a season where we need to make some decisions. Are we going to pursue something further like IVF? Are we going to um, maybe take a different route and, and just pray like hard? Are we going to do pray and do IVF? Like where are we both at? Um, so we do have those sit down conversations to express our feelings and express our emotions. Um, and I make sure to stop and actually listen because I can tend to dominate conversations about feelings. <laughs> so I have the most feelings in the relationship. Um, but it's important for me to say, Hey, where are you at with this? Um, and make sure, you know, guarding my heart to not let what's happening with my desire to be a mom impact the way that I I guess, please my husband in that regard, like intimacy is so special, especially for the males. So I want to make sure that I'm not letting my disappointment come into, you know, the bedroom, if you will, and impact how, how we love each other. So, um, I think we're still figuring it out. I think it's a little bit more able, he can trust easier and I'm learning to follow his lead and say, okay, we can trust together and we can pray about it together, which we do a lot more of now, just praying intentionally. Yeah. I love that. Cause I, and I know we're on a podcast, but I'm totally like, this is, it's speaking to me where I'm at right now. Cause we're struggling so badly with yeah. that. What, like what you said, forgetting that because it's not my body, or yeah. not his body, that it's, he has just as many feelings about yeah. it. You know, that's, that's really powerful. I think in all regards in this, any situation within marriage, and I love that yeah. you, you have put your marriage as such a priority, even with something as big, cause this is a huge deal. This is not something like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a huge deal. It's a huge desire. It's a huge, like I said, longing in the heart. Um, and that can be painful and that can be something that we really want. And especially with like, when you're saying I'm so intentional about it it's even, I, I would think it's even harder when you're so intentional about it and it's still yeah. not happening. 
So it's so, I'm, I'm really amazed listening to you thinking of how you've put your marriage as such a priority and thinking like, okay, this is what I do have. I do have my husband right here and God, you Mm -hmm. have gifted me with this marriage that you've put as a huge priority in yourself. Right. And I've always been told like, and we all, you know, our, our chief purpose is to know Christ more. Right. Um, but our marriages are our chances to know God more and our, when we do have children are our chances to know God more things like that. Yeah. So it's neat that you're looking in that marriage of, okay, here's what I have. Here's my opportunity, God, to know you more. And I'm using it. I'm looking at how I can yeah. learn from my husband who has a gift that I don't have because we all have different gifts. We all have faith. But if his is the gift of faith, you're learning how from him in the same regard and just thinking okay. how amazing that is to be like, I'm going to search for you, Christ, in what you've given me right now. So here it is. And this is what I have to learn more about you. Then this must be a lesson that I still have to learn. And yeah. I think that's amazing. I love hearing that from you. And I hope that our listeners can really take that to heart. Cause that is a really hard thing to do, especially when the longing and desire is so deep and it's so long. Three years is a long time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, we tried for six months and I felt like it was a long time. So three years is a long time. And to be able to stop and look for where's Christ in this right now, that must yeah. be and that's really powerful and that's really neat. Do you feel like as you've shared your story, you've gotten more empowered? Has it given you more ability to wait? Or do you feel like it maybe has gotten harder at times because now more people know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think... I think it's empowering because I see that there's such a need for people to hear hope through the darkness um, and just to have a source of light through whatever they're going through. Uh, And I do sometimes worry, not worry, but I guess I just process like, okay, when God brings our miracle, (laughs) what is that going to look like for people that are watching and following? Like, are they going to feel left out in the desert by themselves? Um, you know, right now I feel like we're kind of all walking through the desert together. So yeah, there may be some people who have their miracles come here and there, um, you know, in whatever they're praying for. But I think for the majority, people are drawing strength from my process. And so sometimes I worry about what that will look like once God does deliver. And I fear, and I, I have to work through this fear, but I fear that maybe he's withholding so that I can be a light to other people. And, and that's hard. You know, I want to be a light. I want to be, have the eternal perspective of my life and my story uh, because it is bigger than just Courtney wants a baby. Um, so trying to keep that in mind, but also knowing that God does love us and does want to fulfill the desires of our hearts. So how can we, you know, how did the two fit? Um, so I guess, yeah, it's, it's empowering, but at the same time, I worry that God is giving me such a platform. So is this going to go on for a long time because this is such a cool platform or are we going to have an end soon? Because I would, I would like to have that ending come. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think sometimes it's hard when I have a lot of followers who tell me what happened in their journey. Um, that's hard because hope is great, but until your story of hope comes, it's kind of like, okay, cool. So God works miracles for you, but what about me? Um, so I don't know. I think sometimes it, it, I think it would be more empowering than it is overall 
is more empowering than it is um, discouraging. So I have a question. Um, yeah. I know I've been really quiet and listening, but um, I'm overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering, I, I have been blessed to not struggle to have children. So when I get to hear other women's stories of just how they're struggling and what their faith's like through it, what their family dynamic is, it like, it really puts me in awe. And I am, I don't know you and I haven't contributed anything to your life, but I am so proud of you for where you are right now and everything leading up to this. And I think you are, I think you're beautiful, but I think you're such a, like a beam of sunshine into other people's lives. But for the end, do you see that blessing as God giving you a baby or would, or are you more open to, okay, where is God taking us? Would we possibly adopt? Would we possibly foster? Like what, what is the future blessing look like for you? Yeah, that's, I've wrestled with that. Um, because I am very sensitive, obviously going, you know, kind of through the waiting period for my husband and then having him come and being so much more than I could have ever imagined. Um, understanding that God's way is really the better way. Like at the end of the day, you know, whatever he has for me is better. Um, and so recognizing that sometimes that isn't always the same as what I think is the best. Um, so I've wrestled with that. I've wrestled with maybe God doesn't have that for us. Um, I do believe though that he, I can sense his, I can sense what like, not that he verbally talks to me, but I can sense like his, his presence and I can sense kind of his, what I think he's trying to accomplish and what he's doing. Um, and I truly believe like I a hundred percent, I believe that he has, um, a, like a blood child for, you know, via Josh and I, I do believe he has that for us. I wrestle with how that's going to happen as far as like, okay, does this mean we're trust? trusting you like, you know, Hannah did in the Bible and that you're going to provide at a certain time? Or does this mean that we're going to be trusting you and walking through something like an IVF? Like that tension, I think has been more difficult for me than adoption, fostering birth child. Um, because I do feel strongly that birth is a, a part of our future. Um, I, I'm not against adoption. I'm not against fostering as far as like for our journey, I definitely would be open to that. But both my husband and I believe that that is a calling. I don't want it to just be like, well, I guess we'll adopt by default. Like a child doesn't want to be loved by default. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the adopted children out there would agree. Like they don't, they want parents that wanted and chose them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that Josh and I have that calling yet, not to say that we can't get there, but I don't, neither one of us feels that sense of calling in that direction um, or even to even look at those options. So I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. And it, I don't think it comes from a place of, um, you know, some people would be like, well, that's just because you want a birth child. And I'm like, well, really, I think it really is. We've spent time praying about it and submitting it to God. And neither one of us feel any kind of pressing on our heart to pursue to pursue it um, right now. And I also don't think our lifestyle is 
conducive to adoption with how much we move and like trying to show, go through the processes of, um, you know, all the hoops that I've heard you have to jump through. I don't know that we would even be approved for that. Um, not to say that God won't change that in the future. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think the bigger tension for me would be the process of how much is science going to be a part of our journey and how much is faith and where did the two of them meet? Because nowadays we do have so many options mm -hmm. science wise that I want to make sure that I'm not trying to take things into my own hands and manipulate the outcome and still trusting yeah. in God. Yeah. I know, I know people who have, I don't know how strong of believers they were, but they, I know people who have gotten uh, in vitro and it worked for them and they have their family. And I also know there's a process where you take the egg from the mom and the sperm and you impregnate it and you put it in someone else because the yeah. you can't carry sure, the baby. Yeah. And yeah. Would that be something you guys would look into to have like a, a blood baby, but then again, it wouldn't be you going through the birth process and all those emotions and that whole yeah. part of motherhood. Yeah. Um, I don't have, I don't necessarily have anything against surrogacy. I don't think that it would be something I would be comfortable with because I think it would be strange to have like a triangle, if you will. <laughs> like my husband's like touching some other woman's belly with our child in it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess I haven't really thought that far, mostly because because of our medical tests, like there's no reason why I can't like healthily carry yeah, healthily yeah. even a word. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't carry a child of my own. So if the if the embryo process worked, I would definitely not take it the next step of going to surrogacy because if it doesn't work in me, then I feel like it's definitely God closing that door. I know, you know, for each couple it is different as far as what their process looks like. Um, you know, some couples are not comfortable with any kind of science at all. And some couples are like, look, we'll do whatever it takes and pay whatever it takes to get there. Um, for Josh and I, I think both of us are kind of of the understanding that we would love the help of science. But at the same time, we do believe that life happens when egg and sperm meet an implant. And so for us, if we did IVF, it would be, we would have to be very intentional about what happens to the embryos after, like if they don't use all of them, I want to make sure that that life isn't destroyed. Uh, so I don't know what that looks like. We haven't fully walked through that yet. Um, it's something we're considering if nothing happens between now and March. Uh, so I don't. We'll kind. We'll have to make those decisions and cross those bridges in the next year. Isn't it interesting though? Listening to you thinking like I know um, a lot of people of faith that have done all of those things that you've just yeah. and thinking like okay. That though was the specific journey that God called them to and how different it is because I think a lot of times we just assume there's one right way for everyone. Right. right? This is the one right way that God has for everyone. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. God called them to that and they believe God called them to that. So how, you know, amazing to me how big our God is that he has all these yeah. stories because he created them all. All of those stories were not him taken by surprise in any way that that person chose to do IVF or that that person yeah. chose to adopt. Like he knew and he had that set out, whatever their journey was. And it's amazing to think to me that full on all of these stories written by God, all of them called by God in some way, you know, and 
it's neat to think because we need people to adopt and we need people, you know, there are people that need IVF that God created different things for that. And there are people that have waited because their stories, they need to wait and it needs to happen themselves or whatever. There's even people I know that couldn't get pregnant and decided I'm not going to adopt. I'm not going to do IVF. I'm just going to love the people that God has put around me. So it's so neat to hear the different stories that God has created in all of this. So there's, there's no one right way. And I, I fear that sometimes we're so used to people telling us there's one mm-hmm. right way. This is the only way to do it. You should be doing IVF or aren't yeah. you stopped now or like, what's going to yeah. happen. You should know that. And for you to know, I love that you're so strong on what you know right now, because that's all we know is right now. Right. God is mm-hmm. telling us right now in this moment, I don't feel like that's my next step. God will tell me if it is or not. And it's so neat that that's what all of our journeys is. It's just following the next step and knowing today it might look like this. Tomorrow, God might call me to that. Sometimes he says go. Sometimes he says stay. Sometimes he says nothing and we have to wait. And it's neat to me that, you know, right now you're so in tune with your relationship with God and with your husband that you can say right now, this is what it is. It doesn't look like that for us. It can look like that for other people, but right now it looks like this. Yeah. I think as believers, like we want everything to be black and white, you know, like even when you're waiting for your husband, you're like, I want it to be black and white. I want to know who it is and I want to know how it's going to work. And I want to know that this is what I do to get there. But the reality is I only know certain things, black and white things waiting for my husband. I know that the Bible is clear about sexual purity. Okay. So that's what I can be acting on. You know, I know that when it comes to waiting for a baby, I know that God calls me to faith. That's black and white. So I'm going to walk in that, you know, so walking in what we know is black and white and then allowing God to lead us through the other, you know, question marks, I think is important. You know, at the end of the day, I, it isn't black and white what you do with IVF and science. And so many people would argue that it's manipulating, you know, life, but is um, chemotherapy like with cancer, like, is that manipulating? in life like so many people said would not even blink about going down that process when they're diagnosed with cancer they would do it in a heartbeat because they understand that they want life with the the ones that they love and it's kind of the same thing like a couple choosing to include science in their journey is in the same way they value that quality of life that they want with a child and so fighting for that so it's interesting, you know, at the end of the day, you have to go by what scripture says is black and white. So I'm going to walk on those things and in those areas. But outside of that, I'm just going to pray that God gives me wisdom and peace. And I know that if I don't feel peace about IVF, then we won't go through it. If my husband doesn't feel peace about that, then we won't go through with it. But right now, I'm just going to be praying intentionally about that and seeing how he guides. You know, I think peace is a big thing, not fear. People get that confused, right? It's like, oh, I'm afraid. So obviously that's not having peace about something. But fear does not always mean like you can be fearful and have peace about moving forward with something. So I love that because I was, we were, we just were talking about Paul in our church the other day and about how he, he did have fear, but he went anyway. So it's like, go scared, you know, like, and that was still where God called him to be, despite the fact that he was like, I'm perplexed, but not, you know, all these things. Um, but he still went and he still that and that was so where God called him to be in those moments when you're thinking like why would God call me to be in a moment where I'm going to be stoned you know all of that stuff that's still where he was I'm also 
I'm, I'm fascinated because I'm listening to you say the black and white and I'm thinking how much of us get scared because our God is so gray. Like there is so much gray. There's so much that is black and white and that is 100% truth, but there's so much that is gray where even reading the gospels, listening to Jesus talk to people, I'm like, well, that was all gray to those people back then. <laughs> like all of it was gray and they're thinking like, or, or orange. I don't even know where he went with that. But even for us now, it's like, okay, that though is the periods of waiting. Those are the periods like you're saying, I'm waiting for that peace and I'm waiting for, I'm listening for that discernment because that's the gray. Yeah. Gray is where, that's where he talks to you and he tells you, he puts that on your heart. That's the spirit is the gray part. And that's yeah. what, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for women that might be in the same spot as you right now that are just waiting and are just probably heartbroken and trying to keep their faith, but it's just hard. Yeah. Um, you know, something that I, I was talking, so kind of two, I guess, two areas of advice. One being if you're waiting for kind of the spouse or just marriage in general, um, I would say for that, like learning, learning to wait well and learning to be patient with God's best for you. Um, and also not trying to manipulate the story. And that, I guess that applies for both things. But I get a lot of girls who are like, so how should I go about this? How should I talk to him? Like, what should it look like when I'm trying to get to know him? How do I know if he's the one? How do I make sure we move the, this relationship forward? And I think the best thing I ever did with Josh was before I even met him, I kind of just gave it up to God. I was like, listen, I'm not going to be looking for anyone. Um, I, this is all in God's hands. I am not going to be like, you know, sometimes we're at church and we're like, is he over there? Is he over here? Do I look good? Like, how's it going? You know? And I was like, I'm, t I'm not looking. I am not looking like blinders are on. I literally prayed that God would open up my, my future husband's eyes to who I was first, that he would then pursue me and that everything would be a result of God leading through him. And so when I did that, like everything, there was no question marks with Josh. Like he was intentional about everything from the beginning. I'm pursuing you. This is what it's going to look like. He initiated the relationship conversation. He initiated the marriage conversation. Everything was like structured that way because I had chosen to give up that right to make it my way. And so then like the, the, I guess the baby side of things, the same thing, like truly try not to. Um, and I have to remind myself of this all the time, not manipulate my future and not manipulate what God has for me, because I do believe that even though I don't like the timing of it, there have been so many things that I have learned in so many ways that I've been humbled because I've had to go through this that I never would have if it had been easy for me. Um, and there's so many women that I get to connect with. And ultimately we're on this earth for a purpose. We're here to serve an eternal story and me focusing on just my own victories prevents me from being able to help others claim their victories. Um, so I guess that's my biggest piece of advice. Like feel the feels, like don't shy away from that. Like let yourself feel and then process that. I spend time shutting off with God when I'm really hurting. I give myself grace to step away from my business, to step away from social media, to step away from all things baby related or whatever. And I just feel and I hurt and I let myself hurt. And then I read the scriptures. Like people tell me, how do you like stay so positive through it all? I just read the Bible like all the time, you know, like that's the best way to do it. And then I pray, I pray through 
I pray through it all and my desires. And then I guess the last piece of advice would be something I did both waiting for my husband and then now waiting for a baby is prayer journals and kind of like a diary to that person. Um, I have like a huge notebook full of like letters and prayers and scriptures that I wrote specifically to Josh before I even knew who he was. Um, and so I was able to give that to him on our wedding day. Like, look, this heart was yours before it was even, you were even in the picture. Um, and then the same thing with waiting for a baby. Like I have a journal that my friend sent me and I've just been writing letters to our kid, like to let them know, like, listen, you've been so loved and you have such a huge purpose. It is so much bigger than, you know, kind of just reminding them of whatever you face in school, elementary school, junior high, all that kind of stuff. I want them to know, like, God had such a huge purpose. Like, your story was being written long before you even came into this earth. Um, so, I guess that's what I would say. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> I, love I love that. And okay, one more question for you. What yeah. advice would you have for the people that aren't going through that but want to support someone going through it? Like, what do you, what do your friends do, or the people that help encourage you and build you up? How do they help you? What are the things? So, I think the best thing is just act normal. Like, I don't want you to not tell me you're pregnant because you're afraid that I'm going to be upset that you're pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the most awkward thing when people are afraid of how I'm going to feel. Like, that shouldn't be your concern. That's something that I need to deal with with God. Um, but I don't want you to not let me celebrate with you or to enjoy your kids. Like, if you have kids and it wasn't a struggle for you, let me spend time with them. Like, kids are like puppies. You spend time with them and you're so happy, you know, at least when you're not the mom, right? When you're the mom, you're like, I see all sides. <laughs> but like for someone else who doesn't have that, just include them in your journey because, um, you know, there's so many ways that your kids can minister to them, um, that your, your story of just joy can minister to them. So not shying away from that just because it looks different. Uh, and then just asking them how it's going. Like, Hey, how's it going? Are you guys making any decisions? You know, what does that look like? How can I pray for you? Um, something a girl did for me, and I, I don't think she struggled with uh, fertility, but she sent me like a little baby blanket and a journal and said, this is for like, this is me believing and standing in faith with you. Um, and that was really powerful. Like just knowing that someone's with me on this journey, I think means the most, you know, and someday there's going to be something that they go through that I've never been through. And I hope I can do the same thing for them. You know, if people want to get in touch with you and they might be struggling with the same thing, um, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? Or do you want them to reach out to you? Do you prefer if they just follow along? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I love, um, connecting with people and just, like I'm fine with them reaching out. I would prefer not reaching out to like tell me that this product worked for you because I get that a lot. Like try this pill. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. But, um, other than that, like I love when people connect with me if they're going through something as well. Um, I would love that. So I am most of the time on Instagram is where I do a lot of my connecting, um, at Sewn with Strength, and then, you know, they're always free to send me an email. I don't know, however they want to get in touch doesn't, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. So on Instagram, what is your Instagram handle? Sewn with Strength. Okay. Um, Do you want me to spell that out? If you don't mind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> S-O-W-N, and then with Strength. Okay. And your full name, your Courtney, how do you pronounce your last name? Dunker. So the I is silent. It's okay. Dutch. I was looking at that. 
All right. So we honestly, thank you so much for spending time with us. I, I have felt really blessed by our time and, um, feel like God has used it in different ways for me and I have a lot to think on. And I'm really fascinated by the concept mm. of waiting, even in the moments that I'm in now. So I'm really thankful for the wisdom that you've dropped. I feel like there's so much for our listeners to be able to, to pick out and really apply to their own life. So thank you for that. And thank you for just being honest and real with us. Is there anything else that you'd want to add before, before we close anything you might think like was still on your heart or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for everyone, everyone who's listening for you guys, for all of our miracle stories that are being written now, like God is still a miracle worker. And I do believe that just because it hasn't happened in the past doesn't mean it can't happen in the future. Or just because something has looked a certain way doesn't mean it can't change in the future. Um, and I love that. Like, I love that God is his whole morale is like bringing beauty from ashes. So I just hope that we trust for that and we hope for that. And no matter what we face, whether I never get a child ever in this life, I always want to spend every day hopeful that something beautiful will come from whatever I feel is already dead. Um, and so I guess that's my, my last little encouragement. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much. And you guys honestly go follow her. I follow her on Instagram. You are so neat to follow at sewn with strength support me dunker and honestly it will encourage you and it will inspire you and if you are struggling with anything similar to that um go and reach out don't be afraid to to kind of share that you're struggling too because you yeah. might go through it alone and you're not there are people out there so thank you for being that light and that person that speaks out on it so that they can know that they're not alone we really appreciate that and we're really honored that we had you on the podcast Thank you. I loved every minute. You guys are awesome. <laughs> we, we're really grateful. We really appreciate that.